They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect dogs as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is season number two, episode 22. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish. Welcome, welcome. Hopefully you are, uh, <laughs> you're still enjoying embarking on this catalogue of misery that is the list of movies <laughs> in season two. Uh, joining me, as always, my resident guest host on season two, um, a man who has had a rough week and a bit, so I'm going to go easy on him. Not in the movies, the movies are what they are, but I will go easy on him. It is, of course, Mark Ball. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I am here. I'm alive. We, we had to bump this recording by about a week because uh, the last Sunday was uh, like about two days after I found out that I'd been diagnosed with COVID. So... <laughs> uh yeah which is yeah it's super weird i remember like texting you guys or texting somebody and being like i'm pretty sure i have like the worst fucking stomach flu that i've ever had in my entire life and i was just like on my ass for fucking two days basically just in bed sweating and fucking not keeping food down and just feeling like totally fucking awful and then that that friday i was ready like I'd taken fucking two sick days off work. So I'm like, oh God, they're going to be fucking pissed. I've like been out for two days and I'm sure they're super busy. And I called my my office manager and was like, I'm ready to come back to work. What, what do you need? She's like, uh, I think it's, it's probably a good idea if you go to like urgent care and go get fucking checked out and yeah. make sure you're not contagious for anything. And uh, yeah, I, I still at that point thought that I had like food poisoning or like the stomach flu or something. And my office manager was like, you, you can't spread food poisoning to us, but if you got the flu or something, you definitely can. So mm-hmm. go get checked out. And I did. And yeah, they literally only checked me for fucking COVID and two nurses come in uh, looking like extras from the crazies. <laughs> Uh, I'll just fucking totally suited up and are like, so, uh, you tested positive for COVID and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I've been out of work for two days. I have left the house like, uh, two or three times. Yeah. Go get like groceries or go deposit some money in my bank account, pay bills and shit. Uh, it's been, it's been fucking awful. <laughs> I will say, and I, I am, I'm vaccinated obviously, uh but yeah we got a little careless a couple weekends ago and went to the movies uh went out to dinner and then went to a dive bar all in the same fucking day and almost all of us ended up getting fucking covid that were in like this like little little group uh so uh yeah don't be fucking dumb out there even if you're vaccinated uh you can still totally get it uh thankfully i was vaccinated otherwise like i have very little doubt that i may have ended up in the fucking hospital over this shit yeah because it's pretty it's pretty fucking gnarly it comes comes goes in waves like i'll be feeling better for like a day or two and then i'll just be like oh i have no fucking energy and i feel like absolute dog shit and uh yeah so it hasn't i've had people tell me they're like you might be dealing with these symptoms for like months to come it's it might it might not ever fully go away and i'm just like ah cool that's fucking rad so uh yeah that's 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 been the funness i've been dealing with the last two weeks i was really like once i got my diagnosis like there was a small part of me that was like oh fuck i've got like a week and a half of work off i'm I'm gonna get so much done i'm gonna watch a Mm -hmm. bunch of movies i'm gonna do all this didn't fucking do any of that i i I watched a few things i recorded a show with darren a couple nights ago that was uh uh, that was a lot of fun to do it was the the second episode of our comic book movie show and we did the crow uh 
So I watched watched the first t- the first two Crow movies. I didn't realize until we started looking at this that there's four of those fucking things. Yeah, Darren seems to like any conversation I have with him results in me finding out that there is a sea of movies that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> he, he, he told me a little bit about his uh, he's doing the Russian roulette for Children of the Card over yeah. on your show. Yeah, yeah. So he's he, um, he, I recorded with him yesterday. <laughs> So he came on to do he come on to do Children of the Corn six 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 because that's the name of that movie, um, Isaac's Return, and whilst we were looking at that, he mentioned about the the cast list because the cast lists of the Children of the Corn movies, particularly nineties, are weird as fuck. It's all like first performances of like now huge A list actors. Like right. part five has Charlie Theron, part four has Naomi Watts. You know, like just like wow. insane fucking casting and these small bit parts. But he mentioned uh, Eva Mendes and David Carradine is in one, and I was like, "Fuck off!" And I jumped on the internet, and sure enough, they're in part five. And then from that, that led me down this like weird path of finding it. There are three Cruel Intention movies. I've, I knew there was two. I didn't realize <laughs> there was a third one. Didn't know there was gets, a second one. <laughs> it gets sticky when, yeah, there's so many of them that are direct-to-video, which, yeah, like with The Crow, I yeah. don't think any of the three sequels played in theaters. Oh, God, no, the, no, the, no. the second one might have, but it would, it would have been like a real uh, un- underhanded toss yeah. to a theatrical, and then they're like, right to fucking VOD and direct-to-video, and people are going to rent it just because they recognize the fucking name from the first one, and uh, yeah, Crow City of Angels fucking sucks. It's not a it's, good movie. Yeah, it's not. A good it's movie. not a good movie, and they they definitely spent some money on it. Like mm-hmm. you can tell, that's one where the budgets go way way down the further they go. And by the fourth one, that's got Edward Furlong as the crow. <laughs> they spent like to the, the, their their budget was twenty dollars and a bag of cocaine for Edward Furlong. <laughs> I think so. Um, that first one still fucking slaps, man. That movie's yeah. fucking so goddamn good. And I did a lot of research about the comic book and there's some pretty interesting stories about the the original run of the comics and uh, james obar wrote those in response to his uh fiance at the time he was like 18 when he wrote that book he wrote it and drew it by himself and his fiance was killed by a drunk driver so uh... th- that's kind of a response to it and he said it wasn't cathartic at all he didn't feel better writing that shit uh like like he'd hoped he would but uh yeah that should be coming to the the legion patreon here pretty soon we, we just recorded that a couple nights ago but nice. yeah other than that man i haven't really watched a lot i finally got got around and sat down and watched seven samurai at some point because i got i was oh, like i got wow. at least four four hours to fucking kill so is that your first three- view of that I have attempted to watch it once or twice, and I usually end up falling asleep because it's like one of those like I'm drunk. I'm gonna watch Seven Samurai, yeah. or I'm playing some Ghost of Tsushima, and I'll th- throw that on afterwards. I've never made it all the way through, but mm. so yeah, that was my first first time taking it taking it all in. And goddamn, that movie's a fucking masterpiece. Kurosawa, though, that's I mean, like <laughs> I literally wrote the book on like you can chart some of the best filmmakers in the world operating right now back to their love of Kurosawa so I mean, yeah it's, you can it's phenomenal. you can definitely see it's it's mind-blowing that that came out in the 50s oh, just yeah. because <laughs> the the film filmmaking is so fucking like refined and there's like so many uh like his, his composition is incredible especially in a movie like seven samurai that has a gigantic fucking cast and there's often times where there's anywhere between six people and like 60 on fucking screen yep. all doing things at the same time and you can see all of it real clearly there's no uh like the the the, the focus is never muddy it's all it's all fucking crisp and clear and mm-hmm. uh yeah the dude was just a fucking powerhouse of a fucking director and it's not wide. that's my one thing i kind of wish seven samurai was in widescreen yeah. or at least the version that i watched it, it's in four three but i almost like that almost makes it like a challenge to Kurosawa. He's like, how do I fit all this shit in this mm-hmm. itty bitty little fucking frame? And uh, he he pulls it off incredibly. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's a battle I've watched since I since I've been sick. I'm, I mostly lay around and watch trashy YouTube garbage and uh, <laughs> dick, dick around on my phone for hours on end. And, uh, yeah, masturbate it's, furiously. That's what you do when man. you've got when you're off work sick. You masturbate furiously. That's at least twice a, uh, at least twice a day that's how you get the COVID out that, you, you, you gotta like, you, you gotta ejaculate it out 
I just want to stress that doing the nasty podcast is not a medical podcast. So if you have COVID, please go and seek some <laughs> assistance somewhere from a medical professional and just don't sit at home masturbating furiously. Yeah. It's, it's not not going to get you better. <laughs> I'll make you feel better for a second. Um, yeah. But I will also be <laughs> out of breath, which is what COVID does as well. So just watch what you're doing. <laughs> Like, yep. <laughs> uh, on this episode, we are we're finally getting to Incendioid, which I'm so fucking excited for. Uh, but we're also pairing up with uh, a little um, a little Italian number. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing um, depending on what version you have seen. Uh, the American title for this one is Hunter of the Apocalypse. The Italian title I can't pronounce. Its appearance on the nasty list is under the Last Hunter. And yeah, we're, we're going to be doing that. That's by Antonio Margaretti, who had done a Cannibal Apocalypse, which we spoke about briefly on the previous episode, a movie that was on the, I want to say it was the tier two list, Video Nasty um, list, and it has John Saxon in it, and it was a kind of post, post-war sort of movie. I had never seen this before, watched this and I was like that. This one's also a war movie, so I'm starting to see a theme here. Uh, and Margaret's work, so uh, yeah, we're going to be doing those two movies here. We're going to start with uh, The Last Hunter uh, as a, as a kind of setup, and to do that, we're going to do what we always do in these episodes. We're going to take a very short break. You're going to hear people from the Video Nasties documentary give you a little intro into this one, and then when we return, God knows who's going to do the intro for this one. I get a feeling Alan Jones. I always just go with Alan Jones whenever it's an Italian movie, but you can right. never, you can never tell. Uh, but yeah, one of them will give you the thoughts. You'll then hear the trailer. Myself and Mark will return after the first break, and we will give you the lowdown on the Last Hunter coming right up right after the this. The Last Hunter, Antonio Margarita's war exploiter that actually is the horror fan's perfect war movie because it features so much gore, so much bloodshed, it's actually a really good movie. So David Warbeck is the last hunter. Actually, he was supposed to be the deer hunter too, Il Cacciatore Due, but a rights issue meant they had to actually call it uh, the last hunter. I mean, David Warbeck, of course, I'd known from Sergio Leone's Fistful of Dynamite. He had one of the best death scenes to one of Ennio Morricone's best scores ever. Um, he was also, you know, up for Bond at one point. He was the milk tray man. I mean, he was in so many sort of like movies um, of the early 70s, The Sex Thief. Um, he was on TV with Hayley Mills. I didn't know him then. I only knew him because of his Italian exploitation career, which he loved, which he embraced. And he would come back and give me all the gossip about Margariti, about Lindsay. I mean, I was a gog with the stuff that he would tell me, and especially working on uh, Trog with Joan Crawford, her chasing him around on that movie. It was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, so many stories, so many I can't mention. I would love to, one day I will. But uh, David, David Warbeck to me was the ultimate Italian movie star. This was the third in um, a contract deal that he'd done with his agent, Giuseppe Peroni. David always used to tell me that Giuseppe Peroni would make him sign uh, deals for like three films at a time. And this was the third of the package that included The Black Cat and The Beyond, the two Lucio Fulci movies he'd done. David loved his Italian exploitation career. He had so many stories about it. He really embraced it. And I think the fans really loved him for that. I mean, I actually watched uh, The Last Hunter with him uh, at the very first screening. And I'll always remember him turning to me halfway through and saying, oh my God, I run like a girl through that hail of bullets. I'm, I'm never going to run in a movie again, and he never did. Um, Margariti, he loved working with him. In fact, he worked with him twice again. I mean, you know, Hunters of the Golden Cobra and the Ark of the Sun God. I've got so many stories about David. He was one of the, 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 the loveliest people you could ever meet. He uh, actually lived in a, a converted convent in Belsize Park. And I'll tell you, the parties, orgies, let's face it, and uh, New Year's parties that he threw were, I think, some of the best I've ever been to. Um, if you were invited to one of those, you were really part of the inner circle. It was filmed in the Philippines on actually some of the same locations as Apocalypse Now. David always told me that it was one of the hardest films he'd ever made. Very gruelling, uh, very hot, very difficult conditions. In fact, Riccardo Palatini, the cinematographer, died 
in a, a plane crash halfway through the film and had to be replaced. But really, I've got nothing but fond memories about this movie. I really like it. I think David's great in it, and um, he loved it. Um, apart from the scene where he's running through the hail of bullets where he ran like a girl, but that really made me laugh. Uh, I, I miss him very much, um, and uh, I miss David very much. Correspondent. My name is Jane Foster. Watch where you put your feet now, honey. There's VCs under every rock. I'm being told! So old. We're never going to get the hell out of here. Never, ever. We will, we will. We have to. Your bloody mission. Your mission. You hate the VCs. Don't have time to hate them. I kill them. about it anymore. Don't want to think about it anymore, understand it anymore. Sometimes I think I don't want to live anymore. Even Charlie knows you have a mission behind their lines. So what the fuck is it they set you up to get yourself killed for? <laughs> been here huh it doesn't matter anymore why'd you get shoot up like that them huh them they come in here by the hundreds jesus christ it's very difficult Especially when I watched Steve blow his brains out because you went and ditched him for your cause. But I'm here because they gave me an order and because I obey when I get issued orders. You're a lying son of a bitch! Come on, you must have known it would come to that. If you feel on trial, I can't help Welcome back. So, you just heard the trailer for Hunter of the Apocalypse, aka The Last Hunter, directed by Antonio Margaretti, based on the story by Gianfranco, you have a surname that is too long, um, and Dardano Sarchetti, who literally is involved with, like, Sarchetti, like, Sarchetti's kind of writing credits are amongst some of the best genre movies ever made including things like the beyond so um busy guy i think he did all th i think he may have done all three of those filchy gates of hell movies wrote them so yeah incredibly talented guy what we're gentle bava yeah the list goes on and on and on um the movie is cast <laughs> fucking strange uh we have david warbeck who acclaimed 
like kind of genre actor who also worked with Filchie. Uh, Tisa Farrell, who is uh, sister of Mia Farrell. Um, I've got Tony King, but Bobby Rhodes. <laughs> Holy, Holy shit, she's a friend of mine. She's a friend of mine. Um, we've got Margie Newton, John Steiner, Massimo Vanni, Luciano Pigozzi, uh, Dino Conti, and Gianfranco Morini. Uh, synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb as During the Vietnam War, an American soldier gets trapped behind enemy lines. A squad of his buddies set out to rescue him. So I know what you're thinking. Save it in private, Ryan. Well, no, no, it's not that. Um, <laughs> not that at all. Uh, so I was doing a bit of a deep dive on this one to get some information on it because, truth be told, I actually <laughs> I actually enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I was gonna. Um, it's just that, like, it's just an action movie. Really, right. it's, like, it's, it's not even. It's an action exploitation movie, which I mean, the fact that its American title is Hunter of the Apocalypse kind of makes sense because this is giving off heavy shades of Apocalypse now. Um, yep. Both shot in the Philippines, uh, using similar locations. There's like one or two uh, compositional shots where I was like, "That is that exactly the same forest?" Because <laughs> it might probably. Be. Probably, um, yeah. But originally, according to what I could dig up on this movie, uh, originally this was actually pitched as a kind of quasi sequel to Deer Hunter, so it was going to be released as the Deer Hunter Two. Um, oh, that's and, wild! They're they're going to pull a like a like how Zombie is the sequel to the Italian yep. sequel to Dawn of the Dead, basically. Yeah, or the Night Train Murders, which was named uh, Last House on the Left Part Two. Um, <laughs> even though, even though, like the majority of the murder happens on a train. Uh, but anyway, 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 that's, that's by the by. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> I didn't know what to expect from this one. I told you before, I enjoyed um, Cannibal Apocalypse. I find that like like a, a very fun, trashy exploitation movie with what was at the time a very drunk John Saxon. Um, can't, you can't remember making that movie um, like on the streets of New York fighting off creatures and the problem, the big problem and one of the biggest reasons it ended up on the nasty list in the category above this one is there was animal death in it like murdered a lot of rats on screen um, right. so yeah that like kind of pivoted that way in the case of this one I mean it does have some like questionable content for, for sure, there's a, a, a pretty gnarly attempted rape in this movie, which made me very uncomfortable to watch. But uh -huh. first and foremost in this one, it, like this is the sort of movie that, weirdly, you can just sit and watch, you shove on, and you, you're just kind of almost in awe of how bonkers the action is. Like, Marguerite, like, whether you like him or you don't like him, is a surprisingly good director. <laughs> to be making this sort of schlocky shit. Um, it's, it's biggest issue for me, I think, overall, was that it is just too much of a clone of other things that were are a lot better made um, and just infinite classics. Like, like the balls on anyone to try and, try and ebb Apocalypse Now. There have been so many filmmakers that have tried that, but there's only one Francis Ford Coppola and there's a reason that movie is kind of lasted the test of time i found the action sequences so very very well shot in this um dialogues a bit in fact some of the dubbing isn't great um and i love the fact that they've just completely redubbed david warbeck who is i think he's australian he's right. either australian or he's from new zealand um and has a thick accent so when he did any of these italian movies they almost instantly overdubbed him with someone of a more Kind of English or American persuasion, <laughs> like very, very, very quickly. <laughs> Can't have this Aussie on our on our on our movie. Um, but yeah, this moved in at, at, at pace for me. I don't necessarily think it's anything that's of the the kind of highest caliber of of cinema by any stretch of the imagination. But if you want to sit down and watch a trashy war movie, this is kind of what you should be aiming for. Like I, I was surprised. Uh, like how how little fuckery there is in this movie. Like genuinely, when you watch one of these Italian ripoffs, it's like, well, you know, we're we're gonna do we're gonna do Apocalypse now, but we have to have a robot in it, <laughs> like and aliens that 
that you know, like enter the body through the ass. You know, like they mix, they take, you know what I mean? They genuinely will take three or four different big movies of that year and put them in a blender and that's what you get on screen. So it's like a bit of this, a bit of that. This one doesn't have that fuckery. If anything, it's exactly what it's advertised as. This is a rescue mission in Vietnam movie. You know I mean, this this could it's two steps away from being like a Rambo three, uh, but without the cheese. Uh, it's you know it's a very very like brass tacks, very basic movie, and it delivers on the action set pieces. Like I say, it it doesn't doesn't forget that it is still an Italian exploitation movie, so you still get scenes that are uh, a bit cringy to walk uh, to watch on screen. And yeah, from once again from just doing a bit of reading and and in the background of this one sounds like the whole shoot of this was just fucking miserable um, oh yeah because they were all trapped in it. very much like apocalypse now they were all trapped in the philippines um yeah just like in like a miserable fucking experience because you're you're shooting on surfaces that are not designed to shoot action movies on um so people were getting injured regularly and you know attacked by animals <laughs> like just horrible conditions but overall, I mean, I like I kind of come in this one a bit skeptical. I don't genuinely generally like war movies. I'm, I, you know, I, I, if I can avoid watching them, I will. Um, but this is, like I say, the right amount of trash for me to 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 sit and say that if this was released on a Blu-ray in this country, which it hasn't been, I believe Cold Red put out in the states. Um, which means it's probably out of print now because Cold Red never keeps anything around for long. Um, if this got released by one of the, you know, the labels over here, I would totally buy this. You know, I would have it in my collection for sure, and I probably would revisit it because it, it has, it has something about it that I, I, I found myself enjoying, even though, like I say, it's not anything you haven't seen done a hundred times better by other filmmakers in the West. So, uh, what, what was your uh, what was your feelings on the, the Last Hunter, Mark? What did you think? So I was kind of in the same boat. I really had no idea what to expect out of this. I didn't know it was Italian. I didn't know it was a war movie. I didn't know anything about this going into it. And you, you do realize very quickly that this is, yeah, love, this is a send up of stuff like the Deer Hunter and uh, I, I would call this spaghetti platoon. That's uh, what this <laughs> reminded me of. Uh, and I had, I had a lot of fun with this. I this is you kind of hit it on the nail on the, hit the nail on the head. This is uh, very enjoyable trash. Uh, it's it's I mean they had a lot more I think at their disposal like than a lot of trashy Italian movies that come off as very cheap. This one they 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 clearly added a budget for like guns and explosions and lots of extras dying and makeup effects that are super gross and like kind of on par with some Fulci stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's not, there's not really much to this. It's, it's pretty straightforward and has been done a zillion times in other movies that are way fucking better. And I'm kind of the same way. I don't particularly seek out war movies all that often, but like I said, this has just enough of that goofy Italian fucking, cheese and craziness that it's it, it, it's pretty fucking entertaining it made me want to go back and watch there's a documentary uh came out within the last 10 years or so i forget what it's called but it's it's all it's all about filming movies in the philippines oh, wow. uh during the late late 70s and early 80s you know what i'm talking about it's called like uh i've never seen it i know the one you're on about though yeah it's it's fucking wild because uh yeah a lot of uh especially stuff like this moved moved their film productions to the philippines at the time because it's super cheap to shoot down there and you were free of any kind of like you know osha was nowhere to be seen the film unions that would be like you probably shouldn't do this uh we're nowhere around so uh yeah all the all the directors that were living dangerously went to go shoot their movies in the fucking philippines where life is cheap and you can just blow shit up and fuck things up and uh it's it's kind of spec i mean it's 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 a drag for the people of the philippines and yeah. like the environments that they fucking trashed but uh it's good for the viewer because we get some insane bonkers shit like this uh but yeah i i dug this movie quite a bit this is uh 
this kind of earns its place on at least I think the tier three video nasty list because this is pretty fucking nasty. There's uh, quite a bit of fucking gross, gory violence. There's there's at least one like really gnarly uh corpse makeup that's the uh the the helicopter pilot or whatever that falls oh, yeah. out of the trees very very predator style mm-hmm. uh it's that 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 effect i think is pretty spectacular and like super gross and uh yeah thankfully no real animal violence there's like a little yeah. bit implied where dude fights a snake uh, but it's it doesn't turn into cannibal holocaust where they like rip its fucking guts out and feed which it is, to which fucking... is so surprising when you think this is 1980 so this yeah, is but... the year that cannibal holocaust came out so yeah i don't i don't know why but in, in that department they they showed some restraint on this yeah. one there, there's some stuff with some rats too which is like yeah I, I was expecting to get super fucking gross and gnarly and uh it's it's a lot more implied than a lot yeah. of uh a lot of Italian stuff where they definitely would have showed like a rat, you know, gnawing off a dude's fucking face. Like if Fulci had directed this, there definitely would have been a rat like pulling out a dude's eye in the the bamboo cages of the fucking POWs or whatever. But uh, this one doesn't really do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know why. I, I think maybe uh, just budgetary reasons or they, you know, it might just be a pacing thing too. They didn't want to bog this thing down too much because we got to get to the next next set piece where shit's blowing up and people are shooting flamethrowers at each other and shit but uh uh yeah this one this one definitely like i said at least on the tier three list that it earns its place it's it's full of violence there's lots and lots of fucking racial slurs which i mean it's like fairly accurate i think to you know actual vietnam you know they they referred to uh the vietnamese uh, in, in a certain way that's super unacceptable nowadays but uh and yeah that that attempted rape scene is goofy because we do get one female character well there's two, i guess there's two female characters in this movie but the one uh played by tia farrow is she's like a, a reporter that's down there i don't know i guess taking pictures of war and whatnot and uh they they come across a bunch of soldiers that are like holed up in a fucking cave out in the middle of the jungle that have not not seen a woman in a very long time and it gets real fucking gross and rapey there for a minute but thankfully the the sergeant or whatever that's another thing like it, it's it, it almost becomes a rape scene but then like i don't know i guess the director is just like ah oh, let's show a little bit of restraint and we'll have a, the sergeant walking and be like what the fuck are you all doing yeah yeah, yeah. uh and then there's a super goofy scene like immediately after that where one of the dude's punishments is to go grab a coconut off of a tree mm-hmm. and it's really wacky and really weird and uh like kind of off-putting like considering what had just happened in the previous scene and it's like what the fuck um but uh yeah this uh this movie's a lot of trashy fun i i had a lot of fun with this i watched this like two weeks ago and then threw it on in the background last night and rewatched it. it was like yeah this is something i i kind of agree this is something i probably would own on a blu-ray if uh you know this vinegar syndrome or somebody like that put out there is a really nice print of this on youtube under the title the last hunter yes, that sir. i watched and it's it, it's in english and uh, i think that I really may be don't... a rip of the cold red i think That's yeah it, there. must be it, that wouldn't surprise me i like the the dubbing didn't really bother like as soon as i realized this was a fucking italian movie yeah. like the, the dubbing like you kind of just go with it and i, I think it kind of just adds to the, the 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 layer of spaghetti of this fucking movie and just how <laughs> fucking goofy it is uh but yeah overall i had a lot of fun with this I, this is this is good trashy fun yeah I, I i mean yeah i think i think we're both in agreement here it's also it's great to see david warbeck um doing stuff in or around this time period because you know he would go on and do what he's in the beyond isn't he uh, yeah so yeah like so within a year he's doing the beyond after doing a movie like this this is his small stint doing italian stuff and it, it's kind of cool um according to imdb uh the reason that you know the reason it ended up on that list is exactly what we thought it was it received an x rating in the uk in 1981 um, so it did actually get rated but in order to receive an 18 rating for the 1988 video release, eight seconds were cut to edit some of the shots from the attempted rape scene. In 2002, all previous cuts were waived by the BBFC, but it's never been released properly in the UK for um, for like a Blu-ray or anything like that. It would have been 
probably something like a VIP Cobalt Horrors or something that would have put out around 2002. And that's just after the repeal of the, the, the Nasties Act, where we started getting all these movies coming out on VHS at that point. So things like uh, I Spit in Your Grave, Last House on the Left, and all that started to finally make their way through once they repealed the, the legislation. So, yeah, I mean, I would say if you get a chance, Mark's right, it's on YouTube. Seek it out. Um, it's trashy fun. Um, it's kind of bonkers. The effects, surprisingly good. The direction, surprisingly good. But, I mean, it will remind you of, like we said, The Deer Hunter, which is a fucking masterpiece. Or Apocalypse Now, which is a fucking masterpiece. It will remind you of those movies. Um, and the, part of the charm of this one is it doesn't try and be as serious as those movies. So as a result, this one maybe has more revisit value because you could shove this on at any time, like you say, with something and you're doing something, it's on in the background. You can't really do that with a Deer Hunter or Apocalypse Now. You kind of have to give it the respect and your time. Uh, yeah, so we both liked this one. So let's see here. We're coming with our grades. So um, on doing the nasty, if this is the first time you're listening, we have a unique way of grading movies, and we do it by <laughs> um, criminal sentence that may be applied to someone watching this movie. So we have hard time, which is set aside for those movies that really are like just nasty pieces of work we have a little bit of community service for those movies that kind of dare to be risky we have the old slap on the wrists um for 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 movies that are getting a little bit edgy but not quite um and then we have the good old-fashioned case dismissed um which is yeah there's nothing in this worth sense on it um i would probably give this one a bit of a slap in the wrist i think the the effects are gnarly enough but it's clear that they have to be in a war movie um and the attempted rape scene runs in a way which makes me feel uncomfortable but like you say i would give credit to margaretti and quite a lot of respects here that there's the opportunity for animal violence doesn't do it there's the opportunity for a fucking horrific rape scene doesn't do it um so I'll give him props for that, and I will say that it gives it a slap on the wrists. What about you, Mark? What are you giving it? I'm, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I was thinking about giving this some community service because it does get pretty nasty, and like I think it earns its earns its place on this list, like to a degree. But yeah, when, when I got thinking about it, I was like, no, oh, you know, this movie actually compared to some stuff that we've already watched for the tier three list. Uh, is fairly restrained in a lot of the areas that like really get under my skin with some of the other movies on this list like especially yeah like you said the animal violence and the rape and this this movie doesn't really do either of those uh so yeah i would give this a pretty light slap on the wrist this is it's pretty gruesome and pretty gory and uh like fairly nasty but uh compared to some of the other stuff on the list this is uh i wouldn't call this tame but it's 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 a little bit more on the restrained side yeah. for sure so uh yeah this is this would be this would be a slap on the wrist for me nice right let's move to our second and final movie of this episode uh yeah we're gonna get down and dirty with inseminoid um by the late great norman j warden we will be revisiting more of his films on this list so don't worry there's <laughs> plenty of Norman G. Warren to go around. But Inseminoid is a movie that we're doing, which is, according to the people that made it, not an alien ripoff. So that's- Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was being written and in pre-production when Alien was being made. So any similarities that you see are just purely similarities and in no way a direct ripoff of that movie. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. huh. There you go. Um, so, <laughs> right, we're going to take a break anyway. You're going to hear someone talk about Norman J. Warren and Incendioid. I, I get a feeling it's probably going to be a Kim Newman. This feels like a Kim Newman effort all over it. <laughs> um, and yeah, when we return after the trailer, myself and Mark are talking about this goofy sci-fi horror movie right after this. Well, who knew mini chainsaws would prominently feature in the future space programmes but here they are, they turn up in Norman J. Warren's Inseminoid, or Horror Planet, as it was called in America, uh, produced by Richard Gordon. I mean, he'd given us masterpieces like Tower of Evil, uh, Corridors of Blood, Horror Hospital. But this uh, 
well, let's be honest, conveyor belt alien ripoff was made for a million pounds and was shot in Chislehurst Caves. I know, because I was there, but I was there when the power kept being drained because it was so cold that I had to keep shutting down. One of the reasons why I could actually talk to Stephanie Beecham and Judy Geeson, the two stars of it. I mean, Stephanie Beecham was obviously in it because she looked like, well, vaguely looked like Sigourney Weaver from Alien, and Judy Geeson, um, who I think gives an amazing performance in the movie, but she absolutely hated it. I mean, this was her last film before she sort of moved to America and sort of like then became famous in the sitcom Mad About You. It was written by Nick and Gloria Maley. Now, Nick Maley was a makeup man on Star Wars and Superman. He was the one who actually created the twin baby aliens that you see in this. I mean, it's gory, it's silly, um, it's quite good fun, I think. And for the budget, I think, as is always with Norman J. Warren's movies, he can really make something really look good. It was on the Brent Walker label. Uh, Brent Walker, big sort of like gambling uh, consortium. Um, I remember George Walker uh, for a series of baked potato restaurants from the late 60s. But here he was in the 80s putting out Inseminoid, allegedly on the video nasties list because a group of feminists complained about it. Uh, a pregnant woman apparently gone and seen it and passed out. I mean, what does that tell you? But I mean, you know, this is one of Norman's, you know, not one of his best, not one of his worst, but the only thing to say about this is if you're a pregnant woman, just don't watch it. Far below the surface of a sub-zero planet, hidden in the freezing mists, something is watching. Something is waiting, breathing quietly in the dark, biding its time until the right human comes along. And then, then it will strike. Not just to kill, but to do something far, far worse. Soon she's going to be a mother. And there might not be anyone left alive to witness the event. Which will be a pity because it promises to be a very, very unusual birth. Somewhere in the depths of space, a horrific nightmare is about to become a reality. Inseminoid, a far-from-human birth. And welcome back, ladies and gents. You've just heard the trailer for Inseminoid. This is directed by, like I say, the late, great Norman G. Warren. We lost him, I want to say that was this year. I think he died right at the start of the year, or very late last year. And it was just, Oh, really? Yeah, it was just after I'd finished. We'd just finished doing the box set, the bloody terror box set that came out from Indicator, myself and uh, Derek Bourgeois um, had just finished doing that and then he, he not long passed away after that. Um, a a kind of prolific figure in genre cinema in the UK because he made a lot of cheap and nasty movies. Um, yeah, this one here is based on the screenplay by Nick Mealy and Gloria Mealy. Uh, and uh, I believe they may have also been responsible for the special effects. Um, Robin Clark's in this one, Jennifer Ashley, Stephanie Beecham, Stephen Greaves, uh, Barry Houghton, Rosalind Lloyd, Victoria Tennant, Trevor Thomas, Heather Wright, David Baxt, Dominic Jeffcott, John Siegel, 
Um, yeah, and then you've got Nick Mealy, uh, uncredited as Alien Babies, which is kind of funny. And <laughs> <laughs> Judy Gleason is in this movie as well, which is a, a trip to see her in that. Um, synopsis for this one is a crew of interplanetary archaeologists is threatened when an alien creature impregnates one of the members, causing her to turn homicidal and murder them one by one. See, absolutely nothing like Alien. So no, nope, not at all. Let's, <laughs> let's drop those lawsuits, guys. We're all friends here. Um, interesting fact about this one. This one, like, financed by the Shaw Brothers. Really? Yeah. This is, this is Weird. Technically, technically a Shaw Brothers film. <laughs> That's fucking strange. Yep, they, they uh, managed to pony up about a million pounds to make this movie, and I think almost all of that money must have went to the effects, because <laughs> it didn't go anywhere else. Um, but yeah, uh, another one that apparently miserable shoot, they shot this all in the Chiselhurst Caves, um, which apparently is not a great setting to do movies because it was damn oh so the, those were real caves huh? I, I, I was kind of thinking i was like hmm, these are pretty realistic like foam, foam walls that they're filming <laughs> this fucking no nope. this is this is real caves real caves that people fell in and injured themselves in <laughs> so, oh christ <laughs> a lot um but like some more facts that are kind of fun to, to go over the script was written in four days um uh, because um the director norman g warden had you know essentially financial backing he'd sold this premise this idea for this movie through the shaw brothers but had no script and then they were like eh we need a script four days later we had a script which which shows um, the story was originally supposed to take place aboard a spaceship like alien <laughs> but, uh -huh. but, they but that's expensive then you gotta build sets well this is it they had to change the location to avoid elaborate special effects so that that obviously was kind of removed out of the way which you know made everything fine um and yeah uh, the hong kong shaw brothers agreed to provide half of the proposed one million budget and became partners in the production with the elder brother run run shaw credited in the opening titles as the film's presenter so there we are um <laughs> Um, this movie's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one, it's like one of the goofiest fucking things we've watched for the show, probably. I I'd like I love Goofy, and there's there's a part of me that watches a movie like this. It's kind of like the the more tasteful version of this movie is something like Toby Hooper's Life Force. Where right. It's like it's a British science fiction movie. But it's just, not science fiction horror movie, but it's just fucking all over the place. You know, like, it's like clearly just all over the place. And on paper has such a grand and huge scope, which could just never be created with this filmmaker, this budget and this cast. Um, I mean, the, the, the kind of central idea of this one, and it's difficult not to liken it back to Alien, every second but the, the the one here is that instead of john hart being kind of forcibly raped by a face hugger um and then you know giving birth to an alien uh in the case of this one it's you know it's um it's a woman that is uh, is targeted this time um and she's forcibly impregnated by an alien uh but instead of us having like an actual alien running about the place doing shit um, we are also going to lean this into like a quasi-possession thing as well. Um, and that's kind of <laughs> kind of what we have here. It's interesting seeing Judy Gleason here as he like killer. She is the, the high watermark of this movie. She's kind of fucking amazing in this movie and pretty much carries the entire movie. Um, and a, a prolific, I mean, a prolific actress who had done fucking loads of shit and was still still actively working. I'm, I'm just checking. Uh, still actively working. Yeah, she's got she has movies coming out this year. So damn. Yeah. Um. So she, she even worked with Rob Zombie. 
That's right, and that movie, 31, which no one should watch, as well as Lords of Salem. Um, so you, you get a feeling that maybe, maybe, um, Rob Zombie might be a fan of this movie. I, I that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of, <laughs> kind of makes sense. It's kind of sleaze. Yes. Um, oh, wait, Warden, I, I, I mean, he's a, he's a weird filmmaker. He's clearly talented. He's clearly talented, but at some point he just decided that he would make whatever he could make as opposed to making necessarily the decisions that would direct things in a way which would make the movies better. Um, and that's, I mean, for what it is, like, there are very few, like, we talked about Extro, right? Recently. Uh. Extro is, Extro comes out, if it's not this year, it's the year, it's a year or two after in Seminoid, right? It's another British sci-fi horror movie and it's fucking nuts as well it's, it's like there's something lost in the translation in the uk with filmmakers making this because in america you know, like the science fiction horror movies that you're getting are like we said things like alien or we're getting the kind of that we're getting the thing or we're getting you know um on the fluffier side something like et or close encounters of the third kind like like hollywood knows how to make a sci-fi horror movie or a sci-fi movie with aliens the uk doesn't quite know what it's doing so as a result it becomes a, an amalgam of of kind of nonsense and sleaze uh, <laughs> like you know what i mean and that's basically where inseminoid exists that's its bubble that's its lane so to speak and it never really tries to deviate from it um i i will say this of all the movies that you will watch because i've seen this before um obviously but of all the movies that you will watch running through this tier 3 list I guarantee you will never forget Inseminoid the same way you never forget seeing Extro that movie once you've seen it you like that that stays with you afterwards in a way where you're just like that <laughs> and like and then this happens and then a fucking clown appears and a giant toy soldier and yeah a, a tiger for no reason at all well wow, puma um so yeah I'd like to me I'd oh, like I'd obviously seen it before so I was fully I was ready you know, I mean, I, I knew what I was getting and it still kind of left me going, wow, <laughs> at the end. But you had never seen this one before, Mark Ball, so the floor is yours. How did you get on with Inseminoid? Oh, boy. This movie <laughs> is go goofy as fucking hell. Uh, my my huge beef with this movie, kind of, is that I there there's zero characterization in this movie. Yeah. I cannot fucking tell any of these fucking, any of the cast apart uh they're they're all super bland and generic and uh at, you were reading off the cast list and i was like holy shit there's like three times as many people in this movie as i had originally thought <laughs> but uh I, I guess part of that is because a lot of them get dispatched pretty fucking quickly like yeah. they're there you don't go more than like about like 10 or 15 minutes once this thing starts going without like somebody being offed horribly in this fucking movie um I, the the sets look i, I uh, there's a tricky uh, there 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 are ways of filming a location like a cave and making it look uh like a, you know a little bit more grand in scale than it actually is i don't think they really succeed with that i i, I think the sets look kind of cheap in this and i'm super shocked that these are real caves because they very well could pretty easily just been like you know like painted plaster walls and it, it, it looks like an old school star trek set kind of yeah. um i had kind of i've watched this twice in preparation for recording for this i, I kind of forgot the first go around i don't know i might have been like looking at my phone or something but the the scene where they ride the mine cart like for <laughs> for a little bit and there's like a it's like a chase scene like fight scene on a mine cart i thought that was kind of cool actually that was like uh like you know slight, yeah yeah i was gonna say some slight slight shades of indiana jones for that scene which i thought was kind of neat uh and yeah it, it really it's it's really hard not to make the, the comparison to alien because this yeah. movie is so fucking alien but also it kind of becomes like kind of a slasher movie like once okay. our our, our lead becomes impregnated with the alien and she's just basically running around fucking killing these guys and Played played a little bit of psychological warfare with them by like you know trying to, you know she she goes uh, uh, the way like he says it's kind of like this becomes a little bit of a possession movie because 
her character goes back and forth between being like this awful scary fucking monster but then like she'll start crying and be like let me out it's it's all it's all good like you know uh which i think is yeah kind kind of an interesting twist this doesn't lean super hard into the alien stuff and it really becomes kind of just like a bonkers fucking slasher horror movie towards the end with a female lead that like you know she, she she's got some implements of death like you know, like they, they they've got like the bolt gun or whatever that like she ends up like shooting a few dudes with but uh yeah a lot a lot of the violence is just, is very you know like hand-to-hand type stuff like she smashes one chick's fucking head against the counter oh, yeah. very much that, that reminded me of like crimson peak or something you know, like done 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 a little bit cheaper but yeah there's, there's some fucking gnarly violence in this kind of and uh obviously like the the alien impregnation scene is kind of the standout from this whole movie it's very fucking trippy and psychedelic kind of like she's just like floating on this table that's like seemingly made entirely of lights and then there's just a black void all around her and the camera does some pretty cool stuff where it's kind of like flipping around it's very dreamlike and uh the the alien that we don't get like a real good look at except for like once or twice in the entire movie I think is pretty cool looking it's 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 fairly unique it looks like a big like praying mantis or something yeah and it's shot very much in shadow i'm sure it was a super cheap like effect to to build and they they were wise enough to know to only use it very sparingly uh but i he he looks pretty cool and it's it's a super gross and icky and fucking weird scene (laughs) uh which yeah is kind of the i mean it's that that scene is the poster i'm sure when he went to the Shaw brothers or whatever he had, he probably had a name and he probably had the poster and they're <laughs> like, all right, here's half a million. Go for it, dude. That sounds weird and fucking, I mean, I, I'm kind of shocked that, yeah, the, the Shaw brothers for, for those that don't know, I mean, they're, they're like the godfathers of the Kung Fu movies of the like sixties and seventies kind of. So this is a bit of a, a departure from the stuff that they were usually putting out, which I mean, maybe they're just looking to diversify their, stuff that was in not really in their catalog because i don't think there's a shaw brothers logo that pops up at the beginning of this but uh they, they were they probably saw that the kung fu stuff was kind of winding down and were looking for other you know cheap movies to kind of invest in that and i'm sure this is something that probably in the states ran in the fucking uh the the drive through the the drive-ins and stuff like that like i'm sure this movie made its money back pretty easily if it only cost about a million bucks to yeah. make um because how could you resist watching a movie called Inseminoid? Like you know, you know exactly what you're getting. You're you're getting an alien impregnation movie, which uh, oddly now has become kind of a fetish amongst the, the weirder parts of the internet. Oh, yes. uh, having oh, an alien yeah. lay lay eggs in you is is a thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, this this I, I wish this movie was a little bit better in the respect that like I wish I knew anything or cared anything about any of the fucking characters in this but if you can kind of get past that like i mean that's not really what this movie is going for this movie is just like a it's a, it's it's a trashy another trashy exploitation movie with lots of gore and weird shit happening and that's kind of you, you go into it with that and you walk out of it with that um but uh yeah this uh this this was a lot of fun unfortunately the copy of this that's floating around on youtube uh is a pretty poor yeah the 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 picture quality fucking sucks uh there there is i think probably like closer to a blu-ray quality version on amazon that you can rent for four bucks in the state but uh yeah the one i watched on youtube doesn't look great it's pretty muddy and uh the the picture that, that kind of added to not being able to tell the characters apart is that uh, i couldn't yeah. see the fucking the the picture quality is so bad that like they all kind of just look like pasty white people in jumpsuits um but it is out there and it is definitely I, i'd say worth your time to at least check out the youtube version when you're when you're in the mood just throw out something trashy in the background this is a, a pretty solid choice i think nice nice well let's <laughs> let's let's uh let's bring this down and uh, let's talk about grades. What would you give in Seminoid? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm leaning towards... I mean, it's weird to put this in a higher 
bracket of offensiveness than the last hunter because yeah. uh, there's there's less blood in this uh the, the there is a fucking alien rape scene in this which is pretty weird and icky uh i don't know i'm kind of leaning towards community service just because i think this goes it goes pretty hard in the violence like there's a pretty gnarly scene where somebody chops their own foot off that was like uh i don't know 30 years before fucking saw did it and that yeah. was it's, it's pretty <laughs> gruesome I so when when the chick is slamming the chick's head against the fucking counter, it's like it's cheaply done, but it's implied and like kind of kind of nasty. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd lead kind of towards like some community service for this guy. This is this is one of the weirder, grosser, kind of more fucked up ones on the list. But, you know, it, it doesn't have a lot of other stuff that. Uh, you know, the, the, the animal violence and the misogyny is usually the stuff that I go real yeah. hard on if it pops up in these movies and this doesn't, this obviously doesn't have any of that. Uh, so yeah, if, if you've, if you've got a pretty strong tolerance, like we do, I think to just in, you know, general film violence kind of shit, this is super gnarly at, you know, fuck it. I, I'd probably give this like a pretty strong slap on the wrist. I don't think this quite goes into community service territory. Yeah, see, you've just you circled, you talked yourself down to my grade. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same. <laughs> this one, you know, is a slap on the wrist. It is. I mean, I will stress this. It is totally fucking bonkers. So do not go in expecting. Like even the poster. Don't don't go in expecting the poster. Um, but I think, like the 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 warm back catalogue of which we're gonna touch on another couple here is like all these movies feel very unique and that is very difficult to do as a director that never really has a massive budget to pull off anything and it does this is one of these ones that you will remember watching which i think is a huge credit because there are a ton of italian movies which came out about the same time which are all completely alien ripoffs and they are all interchangeable you know they all bleed into one and seminoid does not so yeah this one is a this is yeah a slap on the wrist from this guy as well we are going to take our final break ladies and gents when we return we will be telling you what we'll be covering on episode 23 we'll be doing that right after this This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com. The Psychosemantic Podcast. And you've been listening to Doing the Nasty Podcast. This has been season number two episode 22 we have been looking at inseminoid from 1981 and we also took a little look at the last hunter from 1980 in two well i was gonna say in two weeks time in a couple of weeks time um because we're technically one episode behind where we should be for the end of the year but i'm sure we can claw it back before the end of the year we're going to be doing a double bill of movies that i know nothing about at all so these are two like have never seen, have never watched, know nothing about movies. Uh, the first one is Home Sweet Home from 1981. Uh, this is directed by Nettie Penner. I don't know who that is um, <laughs> at all. It has a couple of familiar faces in the cast, but the synopsis for this one is an escaped mental patient steals a station wagon and makes his way to the Bradley's Thanksgiving celebration. Shit, we should have done that this month. Um, ah, damn it. Damn it. Where he plans to make them a little less thankful. That's a great synopsis. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're so it's a slasher movie. So that, that's one of them. Doesn't hold a particularly high rate than IMDb, a 3.6 out of 10. Um, we will be doubling up with Mad Foxes, another movie that I know nothing about, directed by Paul Groh. That's his name. Um, this one here looks foreign, potentially Italian. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe not Italian, actually. Spanish, possibly. Now that I'm looking at Spanish, um, yeah, Loss is a Spanish one. So, uh, yeah, from 1981, synopsis for this one <laughs> A man seeks revenge after a biker gang murders his family. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dope. Alright, well. <laughs> so, dude, we are we are in slasher and full-on exploitation territory. Um, I will say this, the thing that makes me want to watch this as much as possible is the, <laughs> the top review on IMDb's title says, Proper, prob- <laughs> Properly the stupidest, stupidest movie ever made. A laugh at Nice. So I am down to clown on Mad Foxes. So yeah, that, yep. that's where we're going in a couple of weeks' time. Home sweet home and Mad Foxes. Mark, assuming that you don't succumb to something else in the interim, where can people check out the stuff that you're doing? Yeah, assuming I don't get like the fucking Black Plague or fucking HIV or something in the next fucking month or something. Uh, uh, yeah, you can find me on the Twitter and and the Instagram. That's at the fancy mark. Uh, if if you are trying to track down like easy to get to copies of these movies, uh, I am on YouTube. That's uh, fancy space mark. It's not the one with the uh, anime avatar for the profile pic. I'm the one with the leather face as the profile pic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, YouTube's awesome and lets people have the, the same usernames for some stupid fucking reason. Uh, home, home Sweet Home, that, that, that's one of those movies, right? I do yes. believe that is in the... Uh, I, have a, I have a play. If you find me on YouTube, I have a playlist called Video Nasties Three, and it's got as many of these that I can track down. Both, both, like I said, both the movies from this episode are in there. Uh, I'll have to see if I can track down Mad Foxes and see if that's somewhere on. Uh, floating around in the YouTubes, but Home Sweet Home is is on that list. So uh, if you want to do a little bit of homework and watch a little watch along with us uh, before the episode comes out, that's where you can find that. Uh, find me on the letterbox. I think that's fancy underscore mark. Uh, you can see all the movies that I didn't watch while I was in fucking quarantine, <laughs> uh, except for Seven Samurai and The Crow and Crow City of Angels. Uh, yeah, that uh, episode uh, the, about the crow that I did with Darren a couple days ago, uh, that should be on the Legion Patreon feed here coming up. Uh, I also did a pretty pretty fun episode of Bo's show, The Dark Parade, about uh, Night, of, Night of the Demons that came out last month. That was a fucking blast to record. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, take care of yourselves out there, for God's sake. Fucking be careful, because... Uh, uh, cl- clearly, these vaccines are not 100% effective, and I just spent two weeks of my life uh, basically staring at the fucking walls for uh, no good reason at all. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Nice. Well, ladies and gents, we'll be back with more nasty content for your listening pleasure and our viewing displeasure, because that's how that rolls. Until the next time we speak to you, please take care out there, and for myself and Mark Ball, we'll speak to you next time. They were called nasties, and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.